You saw how I did that, right? I That was flawlessly executed. It tells you that, you know, perhaps, perhaps I've done some, uh, some work behind the camera. A little bit of experience <laughs> counting people in. <laughs> counting people in. <laughs> you want me to start Welcome to Not Your Mama's Therapy. We are back with another episode. I'm here with Lair Torrent. Thanks for joining me, Lair. Always a pleasure. Lair is a licensed marriage and family therapist, Boy, that former actor, <laughs> former connoisseur of all things ball related. <laughs> S- yeah. Send Lindsay that. Send Lindsay that. Uh, excerpt we recorded yesterday so she can just throw in a couple comments anything ball related yeah well listen after yesterday's conversation i can understand why you might think so okay. well, do i sound okay you sound fantastic thanks i'm not gonna lie to you thank you by the way my kids love love your hair They're oh like, really it's fucking awesome yeah. <laughs> They're so cute. Yeah, I uh I'm I'm digging it, man. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I when I went to the salon this week, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, time, on. time 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 time. I'm sorry. You also shaved the side of it as I'm seeing right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at that. What Listen, I like it, to you? put out bisexual vibes and I do that with Well done. Thank you. I just want to make sure all the ladies know I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I may have a ring on it, but I'm still here. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So what's happening? What are we doing? We're going to talk about another practice, practice two, which is Mm. uh, parts of self. It's Mm. one of my favorites, which I tell you every time we talk about parts of self, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it is the first time Lair got me to cry in session. Mm. He asked me about that little girl, and I said, fuck you, Lair. And then- I said something along the lines of, because this is what I do. I go, well, let's talk about that little girl inside of you that, that looks, that can look at me with eyes that look remarkably like the ones that are looking at me right now. And that always brings people back to a picture of themselves when they're kids. And it mm-hmm. brings them into that self. So it's a little manipulative, but you know, you have to get past the firewalls. Right. And you did. And that's helpful. You did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because of that, my rate went up because I used so many tissue boxes. <laughs> i had to go to costco to buy the large we don't go there we don't go there i'm I'm married to crunchy betty as you well know Mm. ours are fashioned out of bamboo oh right 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 Mm -hmm. right i forgot all recycled materials all of that that's right speaking of parts of self before we get too deep in too quick i want to bring a story to you that i've been saving hit me and it may and it may it may not bear the fruit that i hope it does but it may because it involves me my wife and a mm. shark. I am fully engaged right now. Go ahead. <laughs> I knew it. So there we are. I was like are. wavering between things, but now I'm here. Go ahead. Present. So we're out surfing here in South Carolina, Folly Beach. And we're out there and it's a beautiful day and the waves are good. And it's not too many people out there. And it's sort of just her and I over in this, this spot in the lineup. All of a sudden I hear Ash go, there, there. And she's probably about 20 yards away from me to my right. And she's like, black tip, black tip, right? Which means for those who know, I mean, 
black tips are not nice. They're not like nurse sharks. Oh. They're not just like, they can be, they're known. They're known to be a little aggressive. Oh. And. Okay. And, okay. And so I knew exactly what she was talking about. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe she saw something. Maybe she didn't. Maybe it was a switch in the water. She can be a little, you know, antsy about these things. And I look over and there is no joke, a fin sticking out of the water coming at her jaws style. Oh my God. With a black tip on the top of it. And so she's paddling. I'm going to paddle here, paddle here, paddle here. Okay. And so this is where the parts of self thing comes along. It's like, what part of me is going to show up to this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it the part of me that's Excellent like- Excellent question. I would like to know the answer. Well, so, so is it going to be the part of me that leaves her in my dust? Because frankly, I'm stronger and probably can paddle faster, especially if I'm all hopped up on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. let's face it, as long as she's between me and that shark, it's not going to eat me. Amen. Right? I have the same I have the same philosophy when it comes to zombies. Go ahead. <laughs> Corey and zombies. Listen, I know for a fact I'm faster than him. So, right. Well, zombies and bears and sharks. Yep. Yep. And so I became fully engaged with this other aspect of myself that was not awful and terrible and leaving my wife in the dust. I literally thought to myself, this is the mother of my children. Mm. And so I paddled by her as she's paddling at me. And she goes, Where are you going? Where are you going? I'll be right back. Go, go. And so I paddled up and sat and waited and he came at me and then flittered off and just went. And then I paddled back in. And so Ash said to me, she goes, what, what, what were you going to do? I was like, I was going to punch it in the fucking face. Yeah. Tell me. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know really where you're going to go. Really important follow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit it. How hard did your dick get sucked? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a golf ball through a garden hole. Never <laughs> going to be able to invite Ash onto our show. No, like, we have now no. completely. You know what? I love that for her. I love mm. that for you. Yeah. This is just a win all around. This is totally. something to celebrate. Especially because no one got eaten. Right. You know? Right. And then there I am standing with her on the beach and we're just sort of looking at the water. You know, we got our boards and we're looking at the water, just kind of assessing, kind of waiting till we can go back out. And I looked over at her and I was like, how'd that feel? She's like, what do you mean? I mean, anybody ever jumped in front of a shark for you before? <laughs> and she's like, it was fine. Thank you. No, no, no. Fucking hero right here, brother. My God. I know. <sighs> okay. Shark I got to write this waters. down. Corey shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for the women listening to this who are now like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't jumped in front of a shark for me. Oh. You've just raised the bar for every woman that's listening to the show. It's true. But listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I was glad I was wearing my brown board shorts that day. <laughs> that's why the shark. Yeah. Right. He was like, oh, what oh, 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 what is that? Is it feces? Wow. This went to another place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Take a probiotic, man. Like- wow. That's inappropriate. I'm out of here. And I don't even have an appetite food. anymore. <laughs> That's what I did. You know what? It's like a squid. You just inked. Okay. Yeah, I just, just inked. inked. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, look at me. Hero. 
about that, Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> That's the part of me that came to the table. Mm. And and there's so many parts. See, this is interesting, actually, because mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, uh, you and I have had many conversations about parts, and I was thinking about uh, mm-hmm. um, your part, Mitch. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, "Is this a Mitch scenario? Is this totally, totally shark versus Mitch scenario?" So let's it's, maybe b- back mm-hmm. up and talk about the parts, and then you can introduce Mitch. <laughs> okay, so the parts of self is premised on the notion that we are not the single organism that we see staring back at us in the mirror; that we are the many vestiges of ourselves, depending on the people, the places, and the things that we may encounter, sharks included. The idea is that we have these aspects of ourselves. This goes all the way back to Freud, who said that we have an id, an ego, a superego, and we boil that down. These are parts of self, I think. Carl Jung, he said we have these complexes and the brain, while looking like a singular organism, is actually compartmentalized and that we occupy these compartments. And depending on the compartment of our brain that we're in, that's how we will act. Each one of these, these complexes or these compartments has a divergent belief system, divergent experiences, divergent narratives. And it's really important to engage with those aspects, those complexes, those parts of self to know ourselves. Then Virginia Satir came along and she used the idea that there is a parts party going on inside all of us. I always like that one. Mm-hmm. And the more modern version of this is Richard Schwartz. He came up with a internal family systems which is the idea that we have an internal family of parts within all of us. Suffice it to say that all of the experts across the expanse of of psychology and the history of psychology have agreed that we have these parts of us that exist in there. And so to bring it home, I try to keep it really simple. Schwartz goes into a bunch of different aspects of self, different parts that are important. But in my work, I try to keep it very, very simple. If you just think about it like this, there is a part of you that goes to work. That's perhaps very, very different than the part of you that comes home and hangs out with your partner and your family. That's a very different part of you than perhaps goes to drinks or hangs out with your friends on the weekend. And we access these parts and we move back and forth between them almost unbeknownst to ourselves. And it becomes really, really important to use that first practice that we talked about, mindfulness. And really look at the part of us that is showing up specifically to our relationships, because the more conscious we can become about choosing the part of ourselves that comes to the table, the appropriate part, well, all things go better. Mm -hmm. Communication, our sex lives, connection, vulnerability, all of that gets better the more we can check in with what part of us shows up. Mm -hmm. Any questions thus far? I was going to add that for me, parts work. Parts work and personal responsibility really tied together beautifully. Personal responsibility is your fifth practice, which we'll be getting to, but it applies to everything as, you know, I mean, as it should. But for me, it was when I was started doing my parts work, I really had to stop and think, okay, who's present right now? Who am I bringing to the table during this conversation? Mm-hmm. Who spends most of their time at the table? Because that was something else for me that I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that, you know, the defender is pretty much constantly at the table for my professional life. Mm -hmm. The little girl was showing up way too much in my relationship with Corey, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that, where I was like, once I identified them and was responsible for them, I could kind of Mm -hmm. wrangle them to the table and then start identifying okay, who's present? What brings them out? And then something that I think is really important about this too is 
if you're not in your part, then what's present? I'd love for you to explain that to the listeners. Can I push pause on answering that one and just unpack a little bit more about the different parts? Because I think that question is maybe the most most important one, the one you just asked. And I want to get to it. And you'd mentioned Mitch. Mitch, um, for those of you who know me, you a lot of my clients know that there's this aspect of myself that I call Mitch. My wife really calls him Mitch. And he is the part of me that took care of me when at some point as I was growing up, I was sick and tired of having the shit kicked out of me and, and being bullied. And a part of me grew out of that experience that said enough. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is, is the psyche splits and another compartment of my brain was formed called a protector part. We all have them. And so you can ask yourself, am I a fighter? Am I a fleer? Am I a freezer? Am I an appeaser? Those protective measures really are parts because when we're in those compartments, like when I'm in Mitch, I see the world and everything in it, sharks included, as something to defend myself against. And that can include my partner. And so it's really important for me to know when Mitch is there because within that aspect of that self, that compartment, Compassion, empathy, and understanding do not exist. Mm. That's not what he was geared for. Compassion, empathy, and understanding were weaknesses for him. Mm. Um, And so this is the part of me that could create distance. This is the part of me that could protect. Here's another part, the little boy, the wounded boy, the one that was bullied, the one that was treated terribly as I grew up. When, when Mitch finally came to the table, things got better because I could shove back. I could say enough. I'm not going to take that anymore. Mm -hmm. But as I grew and tried to have connective relationships, we found out, well, you know, Mitch isn't so great. And so the way I like to dice this up, and I know Sarah, you've heard this shit a hundred times, but evolutionary psychologist, Robert Kerr has been really put it well when he started talking about our parts and our compartmentalization within our minds, when he said that the brain is like a Swiss army knife and we have many many different tools within that Swiss army knife, we want to choose the appropriate one. So if we're trying to cut a rope, you don't want to pull out the corkscrew. Mm. Later on, he modernized that image and he said, it's like a smartphone, right? Mm. So you have, you have your smartphone with all of your apps on it. And so in my book, I, you know, quote him. And then I say, think about it like this. If Instagram means anything to you, if you've been to Instagram, does Instagram have the ability to send an email? Mm-hmm. The answer of course is no, it has lots of wonderful, fun, things that you can do, tools that you can use, but sending an email is not one of them. Mm. You have to pull up and out of Instagram and go over to your email in order to send that email. Parts act the same way. Mm. If I'm in Mitch, if if you're in a protector self, if you're in your warrior self or in your inner critic Mm. or in your wounded child, and then you're trying to have like a loving, connective conversation with Corey or trying to understand him during a deep process that he's having, or he's frustrated and angry at something, maybe at you, and your warrior self comes up, or your wounded child comes up, you're not going to have the skill and ability to feel that experience for him and to be connected with him, be vulnerable to him mm-hmm. because those skills do not exist in those parts, just like email doesn't exist in Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so we have mm-hmm. to think about it like that in order for you to meet him in that place or to have that connective, loving conversation over difficult subjects, right? And that's a thing for couples. We have to ask ourselves who shows up, Mm -hmm. who shows up. It can't be your warrior self. It can't be your inner critic and it can't be your, your inner child. And so. Right. Right. All of this brings me to your question finally, which was who shows up if not your parts, who's there. Mm -hmm. And so when we take this inner inventory, 
And we ask ourselves, we are essentially practicing the ancient practice of naming the idea mm-hmm. that if I can name something, I cease to be that thing, right? So if I say I'm angry with mm-hmm. you, I'm no longer, you know, sending my anger at you. I'm no longer angry. I'm talking about my anger and I've separated from it. I have a little space from it. And that's important. Right. And so when I say, when I name that, you know, my protector parts here, because I'm really wounded, I'm really activated in this young part of myself. I feel really raw and vulnerable or triggered or whatever it might be. I separate from those parts. I'm no longer my protective side of self. So I'm no longer looking to defend myself as mm-hmm. I name my, my inner child. And I say, I need a little separation from this. You know, I know you're here. I, if I'm angry, I'm probably hurt. So I get a little separation there. What ultimately comes up is what's known as the wise self, the healthy self, Mm -hmm. the most authentic version of us, Mm -hmm. the Zen version of us, really, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's who shows up. Right, right. With all of our capacities. What was interesting for me when I started to do this work was that I realized how good the wise self feels Mm -hmm. When you actually are in it Mm -hmm. again, here we go. We're tying back to the first practice, which is mindfulness. For me, I paused and I thought about, well, how do you feel when the inner critic has the light, so to speak? How do you feel when, Mm. you know, the, the little girl is present and how do you feel when it's your wise self? And my wise self is confident, calm, like, open to criticism, open to other viewpoints, et cetera, et cetera. And what I've found is that feels really good, you know? And so for me, because I feel my emotions, that is another thing when I'm practicing mindfulness that I look to my feelings and that sometimes helps me identify, okay, this is who's present right now. I need to pause, breathe, identify it, like you said, because that's something that Corey and I have implemented as well is, okay, wait a second, who's here right now? You know, because the moment he says, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling vulnerable, I'm feeling attacked, I'm feeling cornered. It's like, okay, now I can respond to that like a loving partner should by punching him in the face. Just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Just dropping him like a stone. (laughs) How do you feel now, you bastard? I bet you feel uh-huh. cornered now. Yeah, you're not cornered anymore because you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so how, that's, no, that's but how you end it. right, and no, but in all seriousness, like yeah, it it is when you start to learn about parts. For me, this was the escalation. I'm learning about mindfulness. Then I learn about parts. Mm-hmm. Then I tie my parts to my mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And then I'm able to start taking responsibility for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to start identifying Corey's parts. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I, I can, I don't know if this is what it's like with Mitch, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but the whole physical demeanor changes. I shapeshift. My wife says right. she knows, I, she can tell, she can yes. tell from across the room. She's like, your facial features get more angular. Your hair stands up more on end. Oh my gosh. I feel so validated right now. Can you bring <laughs> really? her in here? Just kidding. <laughs> She's like, shit, I can tell you've shapeshifted. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what's good for so you. Tr- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. so true though. Like I mm-hmm. instantly see Corey, like his, his shoulders get kind of broader and like, mm-hmm. I can just see this like tension rippling up his back. Yeah. And I, I'm like, 
Oh man. And yeah. if he does one of these, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, all right. All it's right. time to yeah, let him see, have those a are his tells. Those are his <laughs> tells. Mm-hmm. His yeah. parts 100% have tells. But again, mm-hmm. if we didn't commit to doing that work, if we didn't commit to identifying those parts and being aware of them with ourselves and with each other, I wouldn't know that. I just know that it made me uncomfortable or I just right. know that it triggered me in some way. Well, with a lot of couples, it really comes out as, man, you're being kind of an asshole right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or some variation of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people will say, is it okay for me to name when I see my, cause I can name my parts, but can I name it when I see my partner's parts come up? Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit of a minefield if you think about it, because it's like, oh, really? Yes. Who's present right now? Right. That's, like, that's not good. That's, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But Ashley and I have like a, a little naming system where, you know, she might come up and I'll be doing something. She'll put her hand on my back and go, hey, it's, um, it's feeling a little mitchy in the neighborhood today. How are we doing? And I'll be like, <laughs> and I know she's right, but she said it kindly. She said yeah. it compassionately and I noticed the mm-hmm. tone is there. And so I'll be able to take that. Now, I've also kind of set it in my mind and we have this, like we need to take responsibility when we hear that our partner is reaching and stretching in our direction and not turning to us and saying, you're being kind of an asshole right now, or mm-hmm. really what part of you is here right now are using, you know, using the, the, the practice as a cudgel. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to kindly and compassionately ask that question, you know, and you know, she has her parts too. And I will find ways to kind of gingerly say, Hey, what's going on? You okay? Mm-hmm. And who's here? But mm-hmm. again, not to use the practice as a cudgel. Absolutely. So if Corey and I are having an argument, you know, he says something to me, I might be like, okay, ho- hold on. What are you feeling right now? What's, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of identifying that. But I know for me, it doesn't work that way for him. He's not seeing things that way. And he Mm -hmm. understands the practices, but it's just not how he thinks about things. Mm -hmm. I've realized while Corey doesn't necessarily look at me and can see, okay, it's the little girl or Sarah's heavy into her inner critic now or whatever the case Mm -hmm. might be. I know that if I pause myself and I say to him, you know, I'm feeling really vulnerable or this is really feeling super triggering to me. That helps him. So sometimes Mm -hmm. even just calling out your own part can Mm -hmm. help them if they're not somebody who will immediately identify it too. And what I found with us, this is sounds ridiculous, but it's almost like a safe word. No, I was going to say the same thing. Called out. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 It's like Oklahoma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Utah. Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) Raccoons. What the hell is going on? I don't know. You have to have a safety word that you can actually enunciate with a ball gag in your mouth. That's a rule. I don't think raccoons is one of them. Raccoons, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) We just got taken off the air. Yeah, we did. (laughs) You can say ball gag. Just say it with me. It feels good. I like to work ball Uh, gag into most conversations and just watch how things fall apart. I really honestly wish I could say ball gag more in my day to day. Mm-hmm. The other day I was on a call for work and I said, fuck ton. And it's no ball gag, but it still felt nice. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, it depends. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. You're yelling in church there. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, so, I mean, have you ever had a client where you haven't been able to identify their parts or it's been particularly difficult to sort of crack that code? You know, sometimes when folks have been a little on the spectrum, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's been hard to kind of touch into parts Mm. and that's the one that comes to mind. But, you know, mostly what I get is pushback around people who don't want to. Right. Mm. If, if they're like, yeah, parts, I don't know. I'm just me. Mm. Right. But the, Mm -hmm. the, the profound nature of working with your parts, even if it's not in relationships, right. I do a talk for businesses where I walk out on, it's the second talk. I have dovetailed these practices into business practice and I go to corporations and talk to their sales teams and that sort of thing. And the second, the second talk I come out on stage and I go, so I'm a fucking fraud. Mm-hmm. If this were a TED talk, I have no good ideas worth sharing. I should probably let you good learned people go back to your desks and get some work done. I'm going to go home or, mm-hmm. and there's usually like a, you know, some sort of picture of me with a resume of some kind up there. Or I'll point to that and go, this guy could show up. Mm-hmm. And depending on which one of me, which part of me shows up to this event will depict, will depend, will dictate how this talk actually goes. If, mm-hmm. if my, if the, if the inner fraud shows up, the part of me that has no good ideas worth sharing, there's going to be a lot of stammering. There's going to be a lot of stuttering, a lot of sweating, and you're probably not going to get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. But if this guy shows up, then perhaps I do have some things that might be worth saying mm-hmm. and maybe jotting down. And so it gives them a real sense, a real idea of what it is that I'm going to talk about that day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I've shared with you before that I, I discovered the, really that word again, the profundity of parts work, not necessarily within my relationship or in the relationships I was working with at the time. I, I discovered it because I was failing my licensing exam practice tests miserably. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. so triggered by the bubble test by those um uh, the standardized like the Scantron. Test. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so, cause I had done so terribly on those. And mm-hmm. so there I am like quite literally slumped over my computer, having failed yet another one. And the test was rapidly coming up. I had done all my clinical hours. We had leveraged all kinds of money. We didn't have to get this education. We were still working in the bars. We had a kid. It, we, I really needed to pass this fucking test. I needed, there was just no way around it. Mm-hmm. And it's a notoriously difficult 200 question standardized multiple choice exam. And so mm. as I'm taking these practice tests, I, I, I'm thinking of these mustache twisting villains who have created these questions and the four stupid fucking answers that they've given me. And again, I'm failing. But here's the fun part. I had done so well in my graduate program. It was almost unbelievable that I was doing so badly. I mean, like not even close. Right, right. And so I stopped, I pushed pause. I said, I probably should use some of the shit that I'm teaching these people in my practicum, right? I mean, let's give it a try. Roll the dice. And maybe this stuff actually works. And and so I went, okay, I'm angry and I'm scared shitless. Mm. Who are those guys? Who, okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to guess the kid in me who never did well in these tests. He's here and he's scared. Sure. That feels young. And Mitch, Mitch is here. Mm. And he wants to put his fist through this fucking computer. Mm. He wants to find these mustache twisting villains and knock them out. Mm-hmm. And so as I named those parts, I got a little separation from them. And, and I thought, well, neither of you fuckers have been to grad school. I'm pretty sure about that. Mm-hmm. That if compartmentalization of the brain is real, then the, the information that I had learned throughout my program had, and had done very, very well, it's in there. I'm just mm-hmm. not able to access it. Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, how do I access it? I don't know. I started making shit up. I went to my closet. I put on an outfit like I would have worn to my internship. And I sat in a chair and I pretended to speak to a client and, you know, tell me more about your mother and um, all of the things that one might ask a client. And I, it was mm-hmm. sort of like this little Fritz Perls gestalty kind of back and forth that I was having, right? Sure. And gradually, gradually I felt something shift and change within me. 
gradually I felt less scared and I wasn't angry. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. What mm-hmm. happened there? Mm-hmm. And so I gingerly got up and walked across the room and sat down at the computer and suddenly began to take the test again and suddenly began getting all of the answers right and questioning mm-hmm. how in the hell I could have thought it was A 30 minutes ago when clearly it's B. Mm. And, you know, I, and I've said this before, I said, suddenly I felt like Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting, right? The <laughs> unlikely genius. Right. All of a sudden it all made sense. And those mustache twisting villains were no longer <laughs> leading me astray. They were actually leading me with breadcrumbs to the answers, right? It all made right. sense all of a sudden. How could it be right. so different parts? Right. The way I was seeing the world. Mm. And I sat in my inner clinician and I took that test and I started passing them. And so I knew on the day of the exam, it wasn't about cramming more information. It was about opening the door to that compartment of my brain that actually housed the information that I needed. Mm-hmm. We can do that every day. We can change our parts like we change clothes if mm-hmm. we are mindful of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is, yeah, we, we're not. Right. I, I, have, I have two questions. The first question is, so I, I want to talk a little bit about accepting your parts versus mm-hmm. suppressing your parts. Because I think that that's also important. So in the situation that you just described, I'm saying this, I might be completely off base, but my thought is, is you're not saying, oh, you parts are bad for me. They're there for a reason. Yep. You're just saying you're not the one that needs to be here right now. And I just need you to kind of step away. Can you talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. accepting your parts versus denying them or suppressing them? Sure. And there is a big difference, right? So a part of me comes up that feels particularly emotional or particularly vulnerable and I don't want to cry. I'll swallow that and I'll push it down and I'll be like, no, don't cry. Don't cry. You know, and that's a big one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, people come into my office and they never want to cry. And if they feel like it's like I'm, you know, it's my goal or something to make them cry. No, it's my goal to get you into the parts of you that may need to cry. Mm. What happens with our parts when we suppress them, when we push them down, when we deny them, when we don't let them have access, we don't give them any sort of attention, mm-hmm. they go into shadow mm. and they come out in clandestine ways. Unconsciously, they will act. Mm. Why? Because they're trying to get the thing that they did not get. I don't know which one it is or which ones it might be, but these parts are connected to, am I loved? Am I safe? Am I enough? And do I matter? Mm-hmm. Our core conflicts, really. I'll mm-hmm. say them again. Am I loved? Am I safe? Am I enough? And do I matter? Mm-hmm. And so these parts of you, especially the wounded parts, are connected to those questions. And if we don't stop for a moment and say to those younger wounded parts of us, I see you. I know you were terribly hurt and I'm so sorry and that I see you now and I'm not going to let any more of that crap happen to you. Mm-hmm. This is a negotiation is what they call it in IFS. You have to negotiate with these parts, especially with the parts that are protecting the wounded parts of us, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so we may have an inner critic or we may have a Mitch-like character or a warrior princess or, you know, some version of that or a runner. Someone who's like, yeah, okay, no, let's, let's fall in love. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the back of my head going over the Mm -hmm. hill at some point, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to run from vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so we have to negotiate with those parts and say, look, I need to talk to the parts of me that were terribly wounded and terribly hurt. I need them to be considered, to be taken care of so that I can become whole again. And when you do that, and I'm throwing a lot at you guys right now, we are bringing those parts back into the fold of self because Mm -hmm. something happened to us back there. Our parts split off and went out looking for the thing they didn't get, probably Mm -hmm. from our parents, maybe from our family, our community. One of those four things, am I loved, am I safe, am I enough, and I, I don't matter. I'm mm-hmm. out there looking for that. We don't want that part out there in shadow looking for it on its own because 
bad shit happens mm. when it goes into shadow and we suppress those parts. I mean, the problem is we didn't give it ample play and no one else did either. Right. And it's incumbent upon us to pay attention to those. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You embrace them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Embrace them, but don't let them take over, you know? No. Um, which I think was when I saw you as my therapist years ago, I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned and that I still work with today Mm. because I wanted that little girl to get the fuck away from me. Like Mm. I didn't like her. I didn't want her to be near me. Mm. I wanted to distance myself far away as possible from her. And I, I realized by like 35 minutes into the first session, (laughs) that's not what you do no it was like no actually hold on a second she needs a little love you've Mm -hmm. been denying her since she was denied and created essentially by the trauma of being denied well right and so in that and most people do this when you deny that part and you want to shove it away you're actually recapitulating the wounding that that originated the split and we're Mm -hmm. continuing it across a lifespan Mm mm-hmm That's exactly right. That was exactly Mm -hmm. right for me, at least. Mm -hmm. My second question, Mm -hmm. and my second question is whether, and this is my own curiosity, do you find that parts work is easier for women than it is for men? I've never been asked Because of the society we grow up in. I think it's an interesting question because, you know, I find that men who ultimately end up in the chair or come to therapy end up being pretty eager, Mm. especially with things like parts, because it's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot Mm. of sense, right? That's really accessible. It's a really accessible practice Mm -hmm. for these simple-minded idiots that we call men, (laughs) right? Because they need it to be simple. I didn't want to put too fine a point on it, but- Well, uh... (laughs) let's let's dumb it down. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know that I've ever- you know, I find that, that, and I'm painting with broad gender strokes here, and so I apologize, but I find this to be true. Unless the relationship is like in the ICU, mm. men probably aren't calling. They'll be all right. Mm. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Again, once people are in it, I don't necessarily know that there's a gender piece on is it easier. Mm. I do believe that women tend to have a better handle on their, a better understanding of their emotions. They typically mm-hmm. have been allowed to go there a little bit more, or mm-hmm. they have a, a broader emotional vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I think all of that is why you guys live longer than we do. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, and we're just generally smarter, but we, we can touch on that <laughs> on a different episode. <laughs> just better. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do think that, and this has been happening over the last you know, a couple decades where we've actually acknowledged, you know, obviously a patriarchal society is difficult on women. There's mm-hmm. no question about that, but there is a lot of trauma inflicted on men by being told they need to deny feeling things, deny crying, deny things like that. And so maybe the better way of saying this is that, you know, I've experienced that with somebody who grew up in the backwoods of Michigan where you were a tough guy Mm -hmm. and either you were bullied or you were the bully Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that sort of thing. And it was just this very stereotypical environment. And so it took, I mean, I, I still work with him, Corey on it now being able to say, 
it's okay for you to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Literally, that was step one. It's okay for you to be vulnerable. And then step two was that vulnerability has parts and acknowledging what those things were. Yeah. For a guy like Corey, what I would do is I would say, look, you only have to really be this way with one person. And Mm -hmm. I'd point to you and go, and it's her. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, okay. I can make that deal. One person. <laughs> Little do they know that the floodgates are about to open. Oh, man. Yeah. Then they start crying. It's all oh, over. It's like, Clean it up, man. <laughs> it's, no, it's actually really beautiful to see when men, when anybody, but when men in particular, especially uh, men who are reticent at best to entertain these, these aspects of themselves, they've been taught to beat them down and to keep them in the shadows. When they do bring them out and they're like, oh my God, this is what you said. It just feels better and it feels right. And this practice Mm -hmm. is so accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, It just makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a special gift that you can give someone as your partner to be able to acknowledge those things with them Mm -hmm. and to be able to create that space of vulnerability and, and safety Mm -hmm. ultimately, Mm -hmm. because I really do think you have to be willing to be that safe place for your partner to talk about their parts. Right. And so often I get couples who have been together so long that they now are habitually coming in. They're coming together in parts of themselves that are their inner critics or inner protective parts because Mm -hmm. it's not been safe Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right. And they're dinged up and they have all kinds of scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I've had to say, well, if you don't stop this, I'm not saying you're going to break up. Maybe you'll continue to treat each other like this for the rest of your lives. I don't know. But sometimes I've said, you guys have been doing this a really long time. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, think about a knee joint. There are two things coming together, two rather large things coming together, just like two people coming together. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's held together by some very, very delicate material tendons and things like that. You beat Mm -hmm. the shit out of that knee enough. There's going to be scar tissue in there and Mm -hmm. you can get someone to go in and work on it and help you rehab it, but it might not ever really work the same again. It might always Mm -hmm. feel a little painful. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. That's sort of the cautionary tale that I give to couples who I see them kind of doing that in the throes of their, the, the early stages of their relationship. I'm like, you can keep doing this and it's easy to keep doing this. It's harder to stop, push pause and go, who, who is showing up in me? What part right. of me is here? Mm-hmm. 100%. Because you know, I, I know for me, even now, you know, all these years later, having written a book about it. And I, I've said this before that, you know, when Ash and I kind of get into it and I feel maybe something stings, something hurts and I don't like it. Mitch comes up and I can feel him. He puts his, his lips right to my ear and he's like, now you get to say some fucked up shit. Go on. You heard do what it. she said. You saw that shit. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Fucking do it. Yeah. And I turn to him and I go, no, no, I'm no. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm negotiating with mm-hmm. him now. Right. This is that practice mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like a car's that's power steering has gone out. Right. And it's like everything I could do to not go down that road. But look, if you're mindful and aware enough, to look at your track record and notice where things have gone and how mm-hmm. badly it's gone off the rails. Any practice in another direction might be a good one. And so what right. I know is if he's talking to me, I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not, you're not, you're not good at this. You're not good at parenting and you're not good at partnering. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. If there's a bar fight, I'll let you know. <laughs> or a shark. Need some chin music. Listen, Mitch had your back in that ocean, okay? Mitch had your back. Either that or he was going to get me into a scrap I couldn't handle. Well, that's fair. That's a good point. But Mm -hmm. it it ended well, I think. I think. 
It did. <laughs> You're here. Yeah. All limbs accounted for. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with me about mm-hmm. parts of self and mm-hmm. the second practice. We're going to just keep on going through the practices, I think, and discussing them all so that we have a, a pretty comprehensive deep dive on each of them for people to sort of reference when we mm-hmm. get deeper into this podcast and we're talking about monkey poop and the little girl oh, and, you know, there's that. just so many options. Yeah. That inner child in you will never be the same. Never. That experience literally created a different mm. little girl. Well, yeah, that's trauma. The, unlike anything else. Simeon trauma. It's, I feel like I should have sued. <laughs> You should have. Absolutely. You may still be able to. I don't know. But I just I just want to say listeners. Right. They don't know, but someday right. we'll unpack yes. Sarah's summer job working with apes. It's it's true and it was terrible, but go ahead. I thought I had the best monkey th- poo throwing story of all time and yours crushed. No. Mine. Yeah, yeah, because once they start pitching period clots at you, it's all over. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing for monkeys. Neither that. did I. Yeah. Neither did I. I'm 16 yeah, getting right in the fucking face. <laughs> Just. You need to hug that part of yourself. And clean really her up. Do. Tell her it's going to be okay. <laughs> Never again. Tell me again, Clarice, about the screaming of the monkeys. Honestly, you, you want to know where my defender part was created? Yeah. Right there in the monkey cage. Oh. But real oh, quick, yeah. if you're wondering how to access your parts and mm-hmm. to know, just push pause, take a breath, notice how you're feeling, notice what you're thinking. If you mm-hmm. feel like creating distance in some fashion, you're probably in a part of yourself that's not going to want to create closeness with your partner. And you mm-hmm. want to ask that part to step aside. If you're feeling young, if you're feeling afraid, if you're feeling particularly vulnerable, you might be in a younger part of self that needs to be attended to. And so mm-hmm. that's how you know if you're being particularly critical of yourself and those around you, you're in your inner critic. That inner critic is there trying to keep you safe with a toxic narrative. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. So practice that mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about practice one Can't while you're working on practice two. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please like, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Tell us how we're doing. You can reach us at notyourmamastherapy at gmail.com and nymtherapy on Instagram and Twitter. That's right. And you can follow me on Lair Torrent Holistic Therapist on Instagram Mm -hmm. and lairtorrent.com. And as I said before, the practice of love that unpacks all of the things we're talking about in book form is on Audible and is also available in hardback, Kindle, on uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and wherever finer books are sold, Sarah. Honestly. And ladies, yeah. do yourself a favor. Get the Audible. <laughs> Turn the lights down. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's an experience. You're really going to learn about your parts. Okay. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's right. I get that gravelly tone rolling. Oh, God Mm -hmm. damn. Tell me about your trauma, daddy. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We got to stop. (laughs) I thought we were going to get out without it. Nope. Nope. (laughs) 
I'm going to try and slip a therapy daddy in there in every episode. <laughs> therapy daddy. Oh, it's so bad. I just wonder what Lindsay goes through when she listens to this. Trauma. You need to give her free <laughs> sessions. Is what. <laughs> oh, All right. Oh, All right. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Okay.